Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible. It's Monday, and we're starting the week off right because I've got the legend himself, Eric Crocker. What's up, Croc? How are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? It's been a while. It's been a little bit. We get to hang out a lot during the season, um, but uh, the offseason gets kind of weird. But, man, if you are not following Eric Crocker, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, Follow him on Twitter, at Eric Crocker. Uh, Eric underscore Crocker, host of Locked On 49ers, host of Locked On Draft. You got to check out his YouTube channel um, at Croc Talk TV. He is just a freaking producing machine, man. How's your offseason going? Uh, good. I'm, I'm starting to get back in the groove of everything. I kind of cut back on, on some things with the growing of my gym. But uh, now it's like, all right, let's get back to this content. So the YouTube channel is back live and uh and, and getting after it talking about some you know just some prospects and and uh different things like we all are you know so yeah. uh having fun with it talking to the people in the chat and everything all the, the faithful so yes it's, it, it's a good time this time of year is fun because i think all 32 teams have hope um yeah. you know what i mean like everybody's looking towards the future everybody's gonna make the best picks ever and it's just man even the jets have hope i don't know what the whole air rogers thing we'll, we'll yeah. stay away from that one but the 49ers are in an interesting spot and we're going to focus on corners as this conversation goes forward but before we jump into the position uh, specific stuff eric niners have 11 picks but they're all late first picks 99 101 102 your mindset, if you were the 49ers GM, are you more quality or quantity? Do you want to take those 11 dart throws, or would you want to see them trade up, maybe fewer picks, but have a, you know, get some of those quality guys in the late second, early third? Where are you at as far as just what the Niners should do building this roster this year? Yeah, definitely more of a, a quality over quantity. Now, it is always good to just have more swings. Uh, 49ers have done really good in late rounds. They've done a terrific job of choose. I mean, there's, you know, just look at who they've gotten in the fifth round. Me and my buddies were talking about it recently. And, you know, it's George Kittles and the Dre Greenlaws and, you know, even guys like Diamondo Lenore and, and Talano Hufanga. And they've done so well in late that it is maybe more beneficial to just have a bunch of swings and just see who sticks. But when you look at this roster, it's going to be difficult for guys to come in, crack the roster, crack the starting lineup. So, Let's get, you know, seven of those picks instead of 11. Uh, you know, use some of them to kind of move up and get guys that you really like. And if you can walk away with seven late-round picks with guys that have legit opportunity to, to maybe make this squad, I think that would be ideal. 
I think they're at 66 players signed currently. So you got to get to 90. Um, so yeah, there's there's some room there uh, to add on some guys. What's up, bro? Montana, appreciate the super chat. He says, morning, Croc. Great to catch you live. Freaking love right. it. So, all right, let's transition now. Let's jump into these corners. Now, I'm going to be honest. This is like a therapy session for myself. These are guys I love. And so I sent this list to Croc, and I was like, hey, man, tell me what you think about these guys. So he's just going to crush my hopes and dreams because I think these are some corners that I think fit what the Niners do and might be around when the Niners pick. Now, I recently went through, Croc, I don't know if you know this. I went through the Shanahan Lynch draft, whatever, and the most picks that this team has used on any position group, corners number one. Wow. They have drafted more corners than any other position. Wide receiver, second, edge, third. So let's jump into it. Uh, come out swinging. Crush my dreams. Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. I love this kid. Tell me maybe where I went wrong or if you think he's a Niners fit. Yeah, I, I think he is a fit. And uh, there's one thing that I think he might need to improve on or become more consistent. I'm watching the Michigan game. I put the clip mm. out there. something that jumped out right away. Uh, and – uh, a lot of playing cornerback, especially at the highest level, it's so mental and things happen so fast. So there was a play where uh, I believe it was number eight from Michigan, motion down. Once he starts to kind of tighten down, I'm thinking one or two things. One, he might run a drag route, which goes away from me. All right, now I'm going to try to look for work. Or two, he might be doing a crack. A crack. And if he's cracking down, oh, my God, I definitely have to alert my guy. Hey, watch for a potential crack. Watch for crack. Watch for crack. And then I have to be able to replace that guy. And the crack came, there was no replace. So then now, one of the most difficult things, especially when you're trying to tackle high caliber athletes at the collegiate level, the NFL, you got Blake Corum, he's a terrific running back at Michigan. You got to be there at the line of scrimmage right now to be that contained guy. And he was late on that and ended up getting beat outside. Only a 10-yard gain or 11-yard gain ended up going for a first down. But those are the things that like I noticed. And then the very next play, uh, he had a tight end. They had kind of like this two tight ends to the right. Got hooked up, five-yard route. They caught the ball in front of him. Just go make the tackle. He missed the tackle. The guy ends up picking a few, picking up a few more yards. So I'm like, okay, is there a trend of him maybe uh, just maybe not truly understanding assignments or uh, lack of physicality or talent uh, with tackling and whatnot? Let me see if I see that throughout the rest of the film. I thought that after that, he tackled well. Uh, there were a couple times where he let guys kind of kick him out. But overall, he filled gaps. There was a nice tackle where he filled the B gap, came in, sliced in, knocked, uh, chopped the running back down at the line of scrimmage. Uh, so he did some good things there in the run game. Now, in the passing game, I was very uh, – it was very interesting because I'm watching and I'm looking for number two. And I'm watching him on the outside, watching him. And then I see a play where I'm thinking I'm watching him, but it's number four. They just got the same kind of uh, dribble on or swag on. So I'm like, well, where's number two? Oh, he's in the nickel. And I thought he was good from the nickel. He's a guy who possesses good feet. I thought he had necessary twitch. Uh, from off coverage, he looked comfortable. He had a nice pedal. Uh, he looked – again, the biggest question is going to be just how consistent can he be in the rain game from nickel because that's kind of big, especially for the 49ers. From my understanding, what I've kind of been told, I think Richard Sherman has said it to me, I was wondering why Womack wasn't – playing more after that, what, was it week one or week two? Week two, it switched, yeah. yeah. Week two, it switched, and they went to Lenore to play in the slot, and Womack just took a backseat, and we didn't really see him for the rest of the year, like, on a consistent basis after starting the first two games. And I'm like, man, what, what the heck happened? And Richard Sherman was like, 
run fits. So that's a big thing, right? So if uh, Bennett is going to be someone that the 49ers really like, I have to continue to watch film to see how he fit there. But overall, I love the versatility. I love a guy who could play outside and base and slide into the nickel spot in a nickel or dime type defense. I After I watched him, because I just wanted to get a good idea of who he is, and again, I watched him run vertical. Uh, uh, there was a vertically pushing route from the slot. He looked like he can run with guys. I didn't see an issue there with the vertical speed. Then I look up his combine numbers, which I always try to look up after I watch the prospect because I don't want – that film the, first yeah i don't want yeah. the the oh well he does this so then this is how he plays right like i want to like okay how does he play and then look at the stuff so i can kind of tie it all together and what am i missing or not missing or maybe different ways they can challenge themselves but he, he ran well and then boom I, I look at his combine numbers ran four three flat i believe it was 511 around 190 that's the ideal size for me for cornerbacks i like that 511 to about six foot six foot and a half range uh, after that, the movement started to get a little long. So I know you really like him. Um, he's a guy, if you're talking about where the 49ers can pick, he has all that talent, ability. I, I definitely would be on board with the 49ers drafting him. Now, I, I'm curious because you brought up the size. He's 5'11", 195. And if we're sticking with the mold that the Niners have in the past five years or so, it's right at that six foot two hundred. Like I feel like that's they want a six foot two hundred type DB. It's not even for corners, safeties as well. Do you think that's going to continue, or with Wilkes, are they going to start going after those six two guys, those Eric um, Crockers? Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that you have to. You know, I know you went back five years, but let's look go back over the last couple of years, you know, and drafting the guy like Womack, who's 5'9", drafting the guy like D'Amador Lenore, and those guys getting significant playing time on the outside. So maybe they learned their lesson from DJ Reed. They drafted DJ Reed. He was a smaller outside cornerback for Kansas State. They, they right away put DJ Reed in the nickel and at safety. He had never played safety. He was never a safety, uh, not a nickel guy. He's an outside cornerback. They're like, oh, we're going to put you in this spot, make you do this, something he wasn't quite used to doing. And they ended up letting him go. They thought they could bring him back. They couldn't. The Seahawks signed him. And with the Seahawks, a team that is notorious for having really long corners. Shoot, they just drafted six foot four Tariq Woolen. And DJ Reed starts on the outside for them, plays extremely well. Goes to the New York Jets, gets paid $33 million to play outside cornerback. So I think right now, especially since the 49ers have gone towards a lot more quarters coverage, you definitely can have guys that are 5'10", 5'11", that are more quick-footed to be able to match the vertical uh, speed of guys from a quarters coverage. So I think that 5'11", 190 pounds or whatever he is, I think that works very well for where the 49ers are right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
dude. Love it. Uh, right here, Daryl. Thank you, Daryl. He says, two of my favorites, Croc knows DBs for real. And if you're watching us, you can see the awesome getup of Eric Crocker. Frontline Sports is what it's called, right? Can you walk? Can you talk to us a little bit about what you got going on? Because I think it's incredible what you've built, man. Oh, yeah. I have my own uh, sports performance training facility, and I train a bunch of athletes. So, uh, you know, you, you are your, uh, you got to market yourself. So I always wear my frontline sports stuff where I'm at, wherever I'm at. It's also a little chilly right now uh, on, on this morning. So I had to throw the hoodie on, but uh, more times than not, I'm going to have something frontline sports on. I so let's just say there's a young Chapman that needs some coaching up and some stuff. How do we go about, uh, how do you grab new players or do you, mar like, is it, they find you, you find them? Like, how's that process work? Yeah, there's a, guy, a lot of guys that kind of find me, especially through social media. You know, I live in the South, so I'm not too far from a lot of states. Heck, you know, you had asked me where I was. I was in Memphis last night. I got in, <laughs> you know, I, I drove a couple hours ago, watched my Lakers play uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. But, um, you know, I, I got guys that fly in. On the 24th, I have uh, a kid who I, I've been working with him since he was at UConn. And then uh, this last season, he transferred, played at Vanderbilt. And he will be, uh, uh, he's entering the draft. So he looks to be kind of a late round, uh, potentially undrafted guy. We'll see if we can kind of sneak him into that, you know, that day three. But he's going to be staying with me for uh, four days leading up into the draft. So he's better prepared for when he reports for uh, rookie minicamp, which he'll 100% be in camp. So uh, we're going to be getting after it. I got it all structured out for him. He has to work out three days a week or three, excuse me, three times a day. We got our... Um, our weight training, we have our field work, and then we have our uh, more conditioning type uh, sprints, working on his sprinting, stuff like that. So he's staying light, light on his feet. Love it, man. Love it. All right, we got an awesome question here from David. He says, I want to know Crocker's thoughts on cornerback Riley Moss. Uh, I probably get more questions, DMs, and on this guy. He just seems to be a Niners type fit and where he's projected to go in a lot of the drafts, it kind of matches up as well. What are your thoughts on Riley Moss? Oh man, R really nice guy. And clearly he's going to be a safety because there's no white corners in the NFL. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, he's nice, man. You know, I watched him at the senior bowl. I was down there and I'm like, okay, like let, let's see it. And there are people that will uh, try to automatically say, Oh, he's going to be a safety. Like, no, he looks like a corner. He looks like a corner. He ran like a corner. He has good feet. He has good patience. He's, uh, brings a certain physicality. He's not a thumper, but he's definitely a more than willing tackler. I think he uh, plays multiple coverages well. Uh, there was a corner a couple years ago, a few years ago now, Josh Jackson. A lot of people like Josh Jackson at mm -hmm. Iowa. He had a bunch of interceptions. I didn't care for him as much because I feel like zone, I can teach that. And he did have terrific zone eyes, but the NFL, you got to be able to play man. And I just thought his feet were clunky. Change of direction wasn't great, but I thought he was terrific. Uh, and against, uh, and I'm talking about Riley, terrific in those aspects. So patient at the line of scrimmage, good feet, uh, not the biggest of guys. I don't think you have to be overly big to play the cornerback position. I think he ran well enough to legit be an outside guy. I remember listening to Kyle Shanahan talk about what it takes to be an outside receiver. And his thing was, you just got to be able to win vertically. And when you watch cornerbacks, that's my thing too. I don't care as much about the height, uh, even the speed, if you show on tape that you can run vertically with guys, and I think Riley can do just that. Had a tough going a little bit, had a nice little battle with Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, but he can ba battle, he competed, he has good feet, he can get in and out of his breaks quick, so he's definitely a guy I like. 
Yeah, I mean, he was a anytime you're a state championship in the 110 hurdles, I, I feel like that's like huge for me. I'm a big track times guy and jumper guy, and this guy he ran a 1402. Um, almost broke 14 in the 110 hurdle. So I feel like he's got the speed. Yeah. I, I think that checks off 6'1", 193. So like we said earlier with those kind of threshold numbers of what the Niners seem to have been looking for, it makes sense, and they've already met with him. Um, all right, let's stick with this corner position. Um, let's go with Starling Thomas, which I saw some uh, fun film breakdowns. Go check him out on Twitter, Eric underscore Crocker. He did some fun film overlays uh, right before we went live here. Uh, Starling Thomas, you wait. B corner. Um, I love this guy. Tell me I'm crazy. All right. Uh, I really liked him. He was the second guy that I watched. I think I watched Darius Rush first, and then I got to Sterling, Th Sterling Thomas. But uh, very patient. I put in here, he's scheme versatile. I think he runs with the vertical uh, pushing routes very well. I liked him in press coverage. There was one rep where he didn't use his hands, and I know there are a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, Got to get hands-on at the line of scrimmage. Why are you going to be at the line of scrimmage if you're not going to get hands-on? All right, that's a very uh, – I look at it one of two ways. One, you probably didn't play the game at a high level because it's hard to consistently get hands-on guys. Um, and two, maybe you just didn't play the position at all. So you all know how difficult that is to do consistently. But uh, I there was a rep where he didn't get hands-on, but he still got in terrific position. And I always like to tell my guys, man, hey, press with your feet. And if your feet – Allow you to get hands-on, great. If they don't, okay, let's not panic. Let's just make sure they read the receiver down. I think the second part is where – no, he actually read the receiver down. The part that he met, missed was he didn't play with anticipation at the top of the route. So I'm like, okay, is this going to be a trend? It, you know, he got a deep comeback route. He ended up, you know, being five yards off the guy. The receiver worked back to the ball and, and um, caught the ball on the sideline. I didn't panic. Watched another rep. Terrific job getting the hands-on receivers. Washing them down the line of scrimmage. Terrific job getting hands on receivers and uh, squeezing them to the sideline, making plays on the ball. Terrific job um, really playing off coverage and having really good feet. Now, there was one time that I noted, and I put this uh, clip out there, he got a little wide with his feet in his break. I tell my guys all the time, man, your feet and your hands, they work together. All right? So if my arms get wide and out of my break, guess what else is going to get wide? My feet. And then, it, it, as you saw on that specific play, his, his feet ended up kind of breaking in place. So now we got a bunch of wasted steps. We don't want the wasted steps. We want to get in of our breaks so we can get from point A to point B as fast as possible. All right. So, you know, just cleaning little things up like that. I didn't see it to be too much of an issue. Watch another play from him off coverage. Played with great uh, uh, anticipation. Sat on the route. And he kind of looked at the receiver's body and, and realized, okay, he's throttling down. He's coming up. Okay, let me sit here, throttle down as well. He squeezed her out, did a really good job. They had to throw elsewhere. So he was definitely a guy that I, I liked maybe maybe the most out of the, the guys that I watched today. Hmm. And I think with him, it's interesting because I, I've, I think fifth, sixth round is probably where he goes. I don't think he's a third round type guy. He's got injury history, um, two ACLs. Uh, so like, that's an issue. I think he's a perfect fitness, you know, he once in high school and then once in 2019, you know, do you take those types of guys out? I mean, he's got three years of tape after his ACL. So like, I don't know if you just check that off. I don't mind later. But, he, I mean, he's a beast. Uh, super speed, all that kind of stuff. I think he's a fit. Niners have met, uh, met with him, I believe. And so I think that's important. And then the last guy that I asked you to watch, and we'll get into a couple other guys, yeah. cornerback Darius Rush. Um, South Carolina. We got a lot of guys coming from there. Um, 
what what did you see with him? And again, because I think he's a guy that if he falls, I think he's going to be going late second, early third. So like he's projected higher. What did you see with him? I did not care for what I saw. Oh, look at that. You heard uh, the tone change, guys. Y- yeah. So here's just some of my, my quick notes on him. <clears throat> lacks twitch and suddenness. Lacks feel for routes. Lacks speed off the line of scrimmage. Uh, gets in chase slash panic mode. Uh, just don't like him. Like those, like those were like some I know. So I'm watching and I'm watching and I've heard his name before. I think uh, maybe Mayoko or Barrows or somebody mocked him to the 49ers. And one thing that Brian Peacock and I have been doing is we're, we aren't doing our own personal mocks. We are seeing like just most national people or maybe some, you know, a Barrows or Mayoko. What mocks are they doing? Who are they mocking to the 49ers? Especially some of these, you know, a Dame Bugler or, you know, some of these big draft guys. Who are they mocking to the Niners? And then we're watching those players. So we did watch Rush a little bit back then. I dove back into it more. And, you know, I go and I look and I'm like, wow, big corner. Okay, maybe that's why he lacks the twitch and suddenness. I can live with that. But then to see his 40-yard dash time Mm -hmm. and – and see how well he ran. I think there's a theme here with a lot of the guys that you picked. Outside he ran a 4-3-6, uh, yeah. yeah. So he ran extremely well. Explosive guy. But I just quite didn't see it on film. I didn't see, um, you know, it's just getting beat off the line of scrimmage. And then I'm like, man, the feet just a little clunky. You know, and I talked about Josh Jackson and kind of some of the things I saw from him. At least with Josh Jackson, he knew, hey, man, <laughs> if all those fellas, he can hang his hat on being just an off-coverage zone corner, which you don't see a whole lot in the NFL. But maybe he could just do that if I'm a team and I just want to draft him. But with Rush, I had I kind of struggled to see right now. Again, I I watched two games today. I had to watch a little bit more. But like, what do I think he can hang his hat on? He's a big physical guy, so I think you might look for uh, the physicality, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage and and, and whatnot. And there were a couple of plays I saw it, but overall. I mean, I just saw him getting rocked back onto his heels. You can't play on your heels. You can't do anything from your heels. Uh, just getting, you know, feet not really moving at the line of scrimmage. Then guys getting, you know, two, three steps on him. And then now, okay, I, now I'm in the panic mode. I got to ch- chase. Now my time clock goes out the window. And a lot with the time clock uh, kind of helps you be more comfortable reading down receivers. If that time clock's out the window, now you're just playing out there. Yeah. Now you're just reacting as opposed to being, being able to be comfortable and, and anticipate. So – those were things that I, I saw that I didn't care for. So, and part of it was again, lacks speed off the line of scrimmage. If I didn't know his 40 yard dash, I would think that he was slow. So, again, that's that's a small sample size. We're talking about two game films. A lot of the 49ers and their brass, and probably you, you watch four, five, six games from this year. They go back to previous years, and maybe I could piece together more that I like, but just in a small sample size. I thought there was a lot of things that were consistent that I did not necessarily care for. At least uh, I didn't care for it more than what I liked from the other guys. And, and, and you're right. Like sample size is a big deal because you don't, you don't know what these guys are going through. You know, maybe they were out partying the night before, maybe something's going on personally and you watch a guy and you're like, Ooh, fifth round grade tops. Then you go back like two weeks later, whenever you're stacking these positions vertically and you watch one and you're like, what the hell? This is a second round pick. Like what changed? Is right. it who he's playing against? Like you and we don't have access to this. So whenever I see somebody like Darius Rush, 49ers have met with him. They try to establish those things that we don't have access to. And so like we're guessing a lot. 
but that's what it is. Now, Croc, Rajon Wright, real quick, Rajon Wright. Oh. You know, I have watched um, his film and I talked about certain things, and he didn't run his forty yard dash time. And I'm like, well, I think I know why he didn't run his forty yard dash time. It might be questionable, but that was not the issue. He actually had like double hernia surgery or something going on with his hernia, uh, a hernia that he had to get worked on, and that's why he didn't run his forty. So again, those are things I didn't know. Forty ers know. They met yeah. with him. They he was at the uh, the local pro day. They do things with him like that. But you know, guys like me who just kind of sit behind the computer and I just watch the film with no context. I'm not a scout traveling to the university and getting to meet with guys and talk about what he's going through. So uh, that is some of the contacts that we sometimes miss unless we like really, really dive in. Right. So uh, let, let's do this. Uh, what's up, Coach Cruz? He says, Wright is going to be a dog. A lot of Rajon Wright fans. Of these four I, corners... I, 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 oh, I thought Rajon Wright, uh, he... So I watched a few corners the other day. I watched Rajon Wright. I watched Makai Blackman. And I watched, um, <clears throat> who was the last guy? Uh, Elias Ricks. And I thought, out of those three guys, I thought, and I think Ricks would be there late. He just tested terribly. But I thought out of those guys, I I was probably least, the, the one that popped the least was probably right hmm. out, of, out of those three guys. But now, yeah. the one thing that he did that maybe is more translatable to what we've seen Previously, in the last couple of years from the 49ers, he played a lot of off-quarters type defense, and he had a good feet from there. Still kind of wondering how he transitions into a turn and run uh, because I saw guys kind of getting on top of him, and he really likes to play with his eyes in the backfield. Is that something that might potentially hurt him at the next level? But definitely a ton of ability, and clearly if you watch Last Chance U, you know he does not lack uh, confidence at all. So I love that. About <laughs> I like that too, especially the secondary uh, shout out to Johnny Dale. What's up, man. You want to learn some football, go check out his channel. He says underscores how much that our film work is still the best guess in the end. It's what we got to go off of. It's yeah. what we got. And you know, one of the things that I really, really like it whenever I'm looking at these players is which guys were all academic, anything. 82 out of 90 players on last year's 90-man roster were all academic in college at something. Niners like those clean grades off the field, and that's what they go with. So my question to you, Croc, you're the 49ers GM. We're on the clock, doesn't matter where, and we've got these four guys on the board, and we want to go corner. Ja'Korian Bennett, Darius Rush, Riley Moss, Starling Thomas. Who is Who are you going to turn the card in? you got to make a decision to the, between these four. Who's your guy? Oh, that's tough. Um, I, I think you gave me some really good guys here that I feel like could could fit in different ways for the 49ers. Um, I probably will go with Riley Moss. Oh. To me, it's kind of between him. Gosh, but I like Starling Thomas. He has things to offer. I like uh, Corian Bennett, and I think he has t tons of upside. But Moss, to me, just feels, I don't want to say safe, but it's mm. just like I know exactly what I'm getting from him. Uh, I feel like he's going to do everything right, you know, and not all the cliche white guy stuff, but like, you know, first guy in, last guy out. I don't want to say all that. These guys might be that too, but his film is just very consistent. And I felt like even without watching the film, just watching Iowa, every time I watch Iowa, 33 is getting an interception. Like, and that's what it felt like every time I watch Iowa. I didn't watch a whole lot of Iowa, but whenever I did, he got a pick. So I think he did a terrific job uh, there. Again, very smooth. Good feet. I think he can turn and run well. So uh, maybe the least athletic out of the guys that uh, you have me watch. But 
and so maybe doesn't have the elite upside of those other guys, but I feel like somebody, if I'm getting him in the mid-rounds, and the 49ers have done a good job of this, getting guys that can play, getting guys that can start, not trying to hit a home run mm -hmm. with them, but you know what? I see how he fits this way, and he can do these things. I think he fits in with a lot of what the 49ers have done in the draft. Yeah, and all four of these guys, which I didn't do this on purpose, but they were all on Bruce Feldman's freeze list coming out of high school. So, like, these were, you know, top echelon athletes, track stars, you know, wrestling stars, all that kind of stuff, you know, whatever. Um, I think Darius Rush was, like, a five-sport athlete, uh, lettered in five sports. And, like, these guys, are they're ballers, right? Um, now, let's look back because – the two most recent corner prospects that I think the 49ers have drafted, Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore. So if we could jump in our Womack DeLorean. Too. And Womack too, yes. What was it about those guys when they got drafted? Let, let's discount everything that they've done for the 49ers in the NFL. But when they got drafted, and Croc, you went back and like watched their film or their write-ups or whatever you thought on them. Is there something that all those guys had in common that can help us kind of figure out who the Niners would be going after now? I think they're all like drastically different. Right. Now, there might be something that they're identifying it. that is like, hey, this one thing we really like. Like for a while, it was very clear for the 49ers, they love guys that have like a, a, a great three cone, the receivers, right? Like mm -hmm. good three cone, that's you can identify that as a guy the 49ers might like. Even like Kendrick Bourne, who ran a four seven, but three cone was amazing. Yeah. You know, George Kittle, really good three cone. Like, you know, that was the one thing where they could lean on that. Uh, I'm not sure with where they've gone through the corners because they're just all so much different. Talked about Womack, 5'9", but just has these extremely long arms and ran very well. D'Amador Lenore, not a big guy and wasn't the fastest of guys, ran kind of well, but uh, it was he wasn't the same type of prospect as Womack. And then uh, you talked about uh, Ambry Thomas. He was a guy who is like, uh, don't care for him from off coverage, but man, Press coverage, like I think he does that very well. And then he was a little bit more of a physical freak than the, than the other guys, kind of, you know, just being taller, right. more prototypical. 6'1, 190, ran four threes. You know, it, it was just a little bit more prototypical, prototypical from a height, uh, weight standpoint. So I have no idea what the hell they're looking for uh, because they're kind of all over the place. But I think overall, they're trying to identify good football players. Yeah, there we go. Now, I listened to you and Peacock's thing talking about Zach Koontz, um, the, the tight end out of Old Dominion, 6'7", beast, whatever. Yeah. Neither one of you guys liked him too much. I was not high on him at all. Right. Um, but after I listened to y'all's conversation, I, after we're done here, I'm going to do another Patreon breakdown on him. I, I didn't like him either. But you just talked about three cone. He has the best three cone yeah. of like any tight end in the past like two to three years, and he's 6'7". Yeah, crazy, right? And and when you see his numbers, and not just the three cone, right? The three cone, the 40 yard dash time, yeah. you know, the height, weight, all that, like six, seven, two fifty-five. It's like, oh man, this guy's gotta be a monster. And and unfortunately, I knew his numbers before watching them. So that's the one thing that I because Peacock had brought it up on the show, but it did not match. At yeah. least in my opinion. Peacock said there were some plays where you know he saw him like, okay, well, there's the speed. But for me, it's a, he was a very long, lumbering guy. Maybe they just didn't ask him to do different things. You watch how they utilize him in the offense. A lot of just drag routes. They, they, they split him out wide, motion him down to a tight split, then just run a drag. Or they line him up in the backfield and then uh, kind of offset 
uh, right behind like the guard or whatever. Then it's like, all right, you're just going to block or pass protect. Uh, so he did that. But just as the dominant pass catcher that you would hope you would get out of a guy that's 6'7", 255, and is, you know, runs four five five, you know, crazy three cone, crazy three cone, you think, man, I'm just getting this freak. And I did not quite see that on film. Yeah, and it's here's my question. Let me phrase it this way. The Niners met with this guy. Insane injury history, very athletic. He's not a yak guy. He doesn't like contact. Like, why, in your opinion, do Niners meet with these guys that, in my opinion, this dude wouldn't be on my board. Like, he just wouldn't be there. So, in your opinion, why are the 49ers spending time with somebody like a Zach Koontz, who I think he belongs in the NFL. I'm not sure he fits our scheme or whatever. What's I, I don't know. Can is there a way that maybe you can make this make sense? Uh, whenever you see that, like, what is it that they're going for? I, I think a lot of times, at least for me, like I would meet with them, right? Because I want to know, especially personally, like, is it is it a private workout, right? Like they worked out DTR, right? And you know, you can watch film, you can do all this, but you might see something in a workout where it's like. I think there's something here that we can we can really work with. So when you see, you know, this tight end who, uh, you know, man, it looks a little funky on film, but you get him in person and you see him and you work him out and you challenge him and you challenge him in different ways than maybe Old Dominion did, then you say, you know what? Let me let me see like let like let me see if we can work with it. He clearly has the ability. He has some type of change of direction. He has some kind of twitch. He has, you know, like he has a size. He has all these things. Let's see if we can, you know, if he's in a spot where, hey, man, we got a bunch of these six-round picks. We can utilize one on somebody who's a physical freak and just see. If we get him in our building, what does it look like? So, uh, and if hey, if it doesn't work out, then we just let him go. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a crapshoot with those guys late anyways. Why not take at least one chance on a physical freak? Yeah, uh, Shot J says a lot of it's just due diligence, uh, draft misdirection. Like it's funny because the Niners will buck a trend. There was one year where they didn't draft one player that they met with, and then the other year, every single player they drafted, they had a meeting with. So, like, I feel like they self scout their tendencies. Didn't even have a trade last year. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. They all just sat still. Yeah, now and I, um, that, that was I think that was the first time they ever did that. Not yeah. not trade at all in a uh, in a draft. So, all right, here we go. I'm, I'm putting some betting odds on you. Um, two and a half trades this year in the draft for the 49ers over or under. What are you taking? Over. Over. And, and after having zero last year, I'm definitely <laughs> taking the over because I feel like they have so many picks, but they know, like, these guys aren't all making it. So mm. we are moving off of some of these. Like I said, I, I, I'd say by the end of the draft, if they picked seven players, I think that, that would be about right. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I hope so. I hope you're right. Now, I do have a question. One of the guys that helps us with our draft work, Brian Carter, does great work. He wanted to know, have you watched any of Minnesota safeties Jordan Howden yet? Have you had a chance to see him? I all? have not. You know, it's crazy. Either. Like, when you start watching film and then you start getting uh, requests from some of the fans, you just you realize just how many prospects there are out there. I mean, there's – there's a lot of, of prospects, and it's like, you know, have you watched this guy? Have you watched that guy? It's kind of tough, uh, but maybe he's a guy that I definitely will get to. I know Peacock and I are going to get to some more safeties as well. So, Man, we did 294 this year in our draft book. I didn't do him. 
Like, I, I, there's, it doesn't matter. If we did 400, I, we missed somebody, which is awesome because these guys are going to get jobs and, you know, it's fun. But, like, I remember whenever I did, like, 100 draft profiles one year, yeah. and I think we got, like, two Niners that they drafted. <laughs> it's like right. you do all this work and it doesn't even match. But it's what it is. Um, all right, here we go. Last question for you, Croc. Um, if there was one guy at 99 – that you're just like convinced is a fit in the 49ers would draft. Is there like, if you had to put like, I don't know, a couple grand down, the Niners are going to draft this player. Is there anybody that stands above everybody else that you, you know what? I think this is a guy that's going to land in San Francisco this year in the draft. I don't know, man, because I, I can't, it feels right. like I can get a read on what they like, but I mean, they, they go from drafting Debo Samuel, who is like a shorter, squattier I say shorter. He's a shade under six feet. He just kind of looks short. But a squattier guy who's, you know, way different than Dante Pettis. And then in the next round, they draft Jalen Hurd, who was a running back in 6'5", and not as fast, but definitely twitched up. And, you know, then they go and, you know, later draft Jawan Jennings in the seventh round, who ran a 4'7", and he's slow. And, you know, so it's like I I literally – the only thing that I – I know the 49ers truly like is they, they want some dogs and everybody says they want dogs, but the 49ers really live by that. Like they really live by, if you're not physical, if you're not aggressive, you can't play for us. And I remember Jerry Judy coming out. Everybody loved Jerry Judy. I did too. Had him rated wide receiver two. I had a, a CD lamb one, Judy two, Jefferson three. And I remember watching Jefferson, uh, uh, Judy and saying, man, he dropped a lot of passes that year. And a lot of them were because he had bodies around him, right? And I think a lot of people thought because of his separation ability, he'd be somebody that Kyle Shanahan really liked. But then when you take into the fact that he kind of was, I don't want to say soft, but, you know, uh, he wasn't great at the catch point with bodies around him or the threat of somebody hitting him and not a great blocker. Well, you're not a Kyle Shanahan guy. He won't sniff you if you're doing that, especially maybe after learning about, you know, from Dante Pettis. So, uh you know, I, I, it's hard. I think that's the only thing I can say, man. They love dogs. They love guys that are physical, scrappy, going to get after it, not a punk, and uh, they'll challenge guys. And then if they draft you thinking you're that way and then you're not, you won't be. You won't last long on the team. Unless you change. Brandon Ayuk. Like, Unless you change. Yeah, and I think that's there. So I'm going to throw out my guy, tight end Josh Weil, uh, Cincinnati. That That's that's my dog tight end that I think yeah. just fits perfectly. Um, oh, real the kid quick, out of Iowa. Uh, uh, Sam uh, Laporta? Yeah, Laporta. He might be a Kyle guy. If, yeah. if, if, if they draft him, yeah, okay, yeah. Put money on one guy is Laporta. Oh, I love it, I man. like him. has good versatility. Um, they would split him out wide as a receiver. He'd run routes from there. He'd come in. He block, he throws his body around. He can't get stronger because he's he's not your prototypical big tight end. He's like 6'3, 245. He can add about five more pounds, maybe 10, uh, just so he could be a little bit more stout in that anchor, uh, trying to block guys. And obviously the 49ers, they want their tight ends to be able to do uh blocking as well as be able to go out. But smooth route runner, good hands. Uh, and you know that they're they're coached up extremely well at the tight end position at Iowa. So uh maybe if if our guy, uh, the, the kid out of Old Dominion, Kuntz, maybe if he had, you know, was at Iowa and learned from, you know, you might have seen a, a different type of tight end. But but here's the thing. Kuntz came from Pitt State where they are physical. He transferred from there and he didn't bring, like, it just wouldn't have fit. I feel like yeah. we already saw it. I don't yeah. know. 
I don't want to. I don't want to dog on that dude. Uh, he's gonna have a good career, just probably not with the Niners. Real quick, I, we got to address this. I'm sorry. Uh, what's the noise about Brock not playing this year? There was an article out where he uh, had a quote. We'll have to see how it goes. I, I don't. I don't really put a lot into this. We just got to kind of see with, with the Brock Purdy thing. We're gonna find out more June. The first week of June is the sit the checkup time where we get to figure out the timeline. I, I'm just telling everybody out there, you just got to wait. Let this play out. Everybody's guesswork right now. I'm not too concerned with this. Croc, uh, any thoughts on this topic real quick? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, like, when you're dealing with injuries, there's no 100% guarantees with anything. On recovery, sometimes there's a setback. You know, Trey Lance had his ankle, you know, snapped. and and But the recovery process wasn't crazy long. It was like, hey, man, but, like, you know, come playoff time, he's somebody that could potentially be on the field. Well, he had a minor setback. It was just a little bit of being uncomfortable uh, with something. They had to remove some screws or whatever. And they kind of like, you know, was like, okay, like he can't play this year. So when it comes to Brock Purdy, there could be a scenario where, hey, man, like there's just this minor setback to where, hey, we don't want to risk it. We don't want to rush it, you know, and let's, you know, let him take his time, whatever that may look like. Uh, now, from his standpoint, it kind of reminds me of Kyle Shanahan. Kyle, Kyle is not a doctor, all right? And a lot of people think he lies about injuries, and maybe, you know, maybe he does, maybe, I don't know. But Kyle, he, he's pretty much a straight shooter. He tells you what he's thinking, tells you what he knows, and he to gives a fault. it to you straight. Right, to a fault. Him and, and John Lewis. Sometimes like, man, shut up a little bit, all right? But, like, they give it to you really straight. One thing about Kyle, though, people think he lies about injuries because he'll say one thing on Tuesday and then it might contradict him, the guy not play or whatever. And it's like, well, Kyle said this. And, oh, but then the guy is playing. And all he's doing is going off of what the doctors are telling him. The trainers are telling him. If the trainers say this, but then that changes, then it just changes. And it's just different. But he's just going off of, he gets a sheet. Hey, how's he doing? They tell him. And then he tells the media. All right. Brock Purdy might have been asked about his elbow. And he's just... Hey, like they told me everything is good, but who knows? We'll see. You know, and it could just be a simple answer like that that's being taken out of context. It, I just saw a report last week that said everything was on track. So he looks good, but for him, it's like, hey, I don't know. There's a bunch of different scenarios, just like there was with his surgery. There's like, it, it could be, you know, Tommy John. It could be, he doesn't need this. It could be whatever little brace thing they try to put in there. It's like, these guys don't know. Like, he's not a doctor. He just knows everything that they've told him and what the timetable could possibly be. Yeah. And the uh, thing I go back to is I think youth matters. He's 23, uh, definitely on the positive side of recovery. Like, I think that is. But, you know, if I had to just guess, I'd probably say he misses the first three to five games of the season. Um, but that's okay. The, the, the quarterback situation is going to work itself out organically. I know everybody's like, oh, team trade, team Brock, whatever. It's going to work out. Um, yeah. Quarterbacks are going to play. Quarterbacks are going to get injured in this system, sadly. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm excited about, about that. But, man, Croc, I want to say thank you. Really do appreciate your time. Really do appreciate all you do for the community. Um, Clayton, behind the scenes, you crushed it today. Our executive producers want to say thanks. Timothy, David, Phillip, Kilted Niner, and 49ers George. Um, what's on the schedule? I feel like you record like three episodes a day. What's the next show that we can catch you on? Uh, Peacock and I go live. In probably 20 minutes, I got to check my phone. Um, well, I don't even know if we're going live. We'll see if he goes live. But I know we're recording in about 20 minutes. And then uh, and then I get into all my training my athletes and things like that and, and uh, uh, doing all that fun stuff. So 
Love it, man. Go follow him. And watch the Warriors game tonight. And oh. and I'm and I want everybody to know I'm rooting against them. Y'all don't turn me into a Warrior hater. You know, I am a Laker fan. And look, you know, I, I don't care about the Warriors. I, I've always liked the Warriors. You know, they represent California well. I love Curry. I love uh, you know, uh, uh Clay and how they play. But the fan base is like if I say anything, first of all, a lot of things I say, I remove my like fandom or like the, any emotional attachment or aspect to it when I just kind of sometimes tweet something out. Uh, but I was, I remember saying like they want they want Steph Curry to get all these calls. I'm like, well, you know, he tried to sell the the foul here. Like it looks like a flop. And I'm not saying like, oh, he's just this mad flopper. He's just terrible. He's always it's like, no, I just it looked like a flop. Like that's fine. You know, okay, they didn't call it cool. Whatever. Like maybe he'll get the next call. Oh man, they attacked me for saying that. So yeah. ever since then, and that was last playoffs. Ever since then, I've been on their ass. I'm trolling any chance I get. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to talk trash. It's all fun. It's all fun for me. Exactly. Um, you know, I like there's really no hard feelings, but I like having fun with Warrior fans. The the fan base very 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 emotional, and maybe I think that's how people view the 49ers fan base. I think they can be a little sensitive uh, yeah. as as well. But I have a lot of fun with Warrior fans. So I'm watching the game tonight, and then it turned me into a hitter. I hope okay. The Question. Warriors lose. Lakers win or a Warriors loss? Which one's more important? He hesitated. Warriors lost. <laughs> I I I enjoy seeing them lose oh, because of awesome. their fan base more than even watching. Me. And I love my like man since ninety since ninety four, Laker fan for real. Through it, they're thinking through or through the bad, through all the the, the smush Parker and point guard, all that. And because of this Warriors fan base, and I think because I see it so much, like I'm you know I have a lot of followers that are 49er fans, and they are a lot of them, most of them. Or Warrior fans. Uh, and so I, at first I used to have fun with it, but now it's like, I'm going to troll y'all every chance I get. So I yeah, love it, man. I love my Lakers. If they lose game two, whatever. But if the Warriors lose game two, they are going to hate me. They're going to hate me. I love me. it, man. More I'm a Mavs fan, so I got to just keep my mouth shut, man. We're, we're still in morning stage. It's terrible. Anyway, that's okay. <laughs> uh, Young Monster, thank you for the super chat. Croc, thank you for your time. Ishmael, thank you so much. He said, always good to have Croc on. You're the best, Ishmael. Croc, thank you. Uh, can't wait. Follow you on everything. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. And can't wait to party uh, when the schedule comes out, man. You and me are going to have to talk and figure out what games uh, we're going to be getting together and have some drinks on, man. Uh, that's it. what's up. So, all right, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.